we are repentant. We are grateful. We are redeemed. We are prayerful. We are First Baptist Church. Uh, that's great. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, man, I mean, that's like the classic question, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? How many of you probably had an idea around that age, or at least were dreaming, gosh, I want to be this? Any one of you had an idea of what you wanted to be? Now, how many of you stuck with that, by the way? Well, listen, if you are new to us today, if you walk through these doors for the very first time or even second or third time, we just want to say thank you so much uh, for being a part of our gathered worship today. In fact, um, if you are new, whether here or wherever you're worshiping in the city, at home, um, we would love for you to connect with us by going to this link, fbcsa.org slash connect. Let us know that you're here, and uh, we will look for an opportunity to connect with you at a later time uh, this week. But we are thrilled that you have chosen to worship with us, and we never want to take that for granted at all. Again, this is um, Lord's Supper Sunday, so um, let me just remind you once again to go ahead at home to get those elements together uh, so that we can participate in one accord here and wherever you are uh, in the Lord's Supper as we remember what Christ has done for us. So, we know uh, just based on the kids' sermon and what Pastor Jimmy has already said is that God has a trajectory for all of those who belong to Jesus. That's one of the phrases that Paul uses. That the power of the spirit of life is in you if you belong to Christ. We saw that last week. In fact, last week we saw Paul making a transition into describing this new way of life. And he went from talking about how the law is insufficient to give you life. It only gives you death. It condemns you because you're in the flesh. But he starts talking about, for those who belong to Jesus, you are under the power of the Spirit of life. And he begins to describe and contrast what life looks like now in the Spirit for those who belong to Jesus and what life looks like for those who don't belong to Jesus, who are still under the power of sin and death. And he's going to continue that today. He's going to continue describing for us what that kind of life looks like. And so let's go ahead and stand together, and we're going to read Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11 or 12, I believe. Let's see where we go. Here we go. Romans chapter 8, verses beginning in verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead... He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. 
Thank you for reading with me here and at home. Anytime we read together, be sure to do it out loud, even if you're in your living room. You may be seated. You may be seated. Let me just remind you or make one kind of a declaration right from the beginning. These next few verses are not new commands to follow. They are not exhortation. They're not, all right, now that you belong to Jesus, make sure you do this, and you better do this. You better think like this. This is not what Paul is doing. If he were doing that, then he would just, he would just be creating new laws to follow, which we can't do on our own accord. Now, what Paul is doing is that he's describing new realities that are taking shape in the life of the Christian. He's going to start talking about, well, the Christian begins to think like this now. This is what it looks like. Um, and so just remember that, hold on to that as we move forward together uh, this morning. Michelangelo said this, Every block of stone has a statue inside it, and it is the task of the sculptor to discover it. I saw the angel in the marble, and I carved until I set him free. One of the greatest sculptors in human history. What a profound statement. And that's how Paul is beginning to talk about the Christian life. He's beginning to talk about the one who now belongs to Jesus by faith. And they've been baptized and sealed by the Spirit of God. And at that moment of new faith, something radical begins to happen where we have been declared righteous through Jesus, right? If we go back Earlier in those earlier verse verses in verses 3 and 4 of chapter 8, we know that if we belong to Jesus, God says sin has no longer any hold on you. Death has no power on you. In fact, you are righteous in the same way that my son is righteous. And so Paul is saying you are already declared righteous in Jesus. And now the Holy Spirit has set you on a course where much like Michelangelo had to chisel that which was uh, around the angel in that block of marble in the same way the Holy Spirit begins to chisel your life so that who you are as a child of God, the very image of the Son and the righteous Son will be made whole and declared in its fullness, that you would realize who you really are in Jesus. That's how Paul begins to talk and so the full right likeness of Jesus has already been declared. And that's the work of the Spirit, is to chip away all those rough edges, to get rid of all the old ways of thinking and living. Romans 8, verses 10 through 11, Paul wrote this, and he says, Christ lives within you, right? The Holy Spirit. That's the part that's declared righteousness in us. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, listen, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as Christ Jesus, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. So there's the journey that Paul is talking about. From the moment of faith, of belonging in Jesus, being baptized in the Spirit of God, being identified as righteous and as a child of God, up until the moment of the resurrection, Paul says you are on a brand new trajectory. And on that trajectory, yes, you still feel 
the brokenness and sinfulness of your own body. Now, when Paul talks about body, he's talking about the whole self. He's just not talking about your corporal, physical body. He's talking about all of who you are. All of who you are is still under the, the, the desire of sin because it's still very much broken, even though it's being renewed day by day. At least your spirit's being renewed day by day. And he's saying, I understand that between the, between the moment of faith and the moment of the resurrection, when everything will be made complete, your salvation will be made complete, there's a new trajectory. There's a new trajectory. This is actually all over the New Testament. Uh, Philippians 1.6 says, And I'm certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his day until it is finally finished on the day which, when Christ Jesus returns. He's talking about the return of Christ and your bodily resurrection. That's when it's finished. Up until then, you're on a new journey. Romans 8, 29, For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son, so that His Son would be the firstborn, talking about the resurrection, the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And so Paul has said all over his letters that this is a new journey for you. In the Spirit of God, there's a new journey for you where He is chipping away the edges and old ways of thinking so that your truest identity will be revealed and ultimately will be revealed at your resurrection in the same way Jesus rose from the grave. I love the way Paul says this in Galatians chapter 2.20. You've already heard it today, which that wasn't planned, by the way. Um, it just happened uh, it says this, he wrote this, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives within me. That's the righteousness of Jesus that God has declared on my behalf is in me. So I live, capital L, capital I, capital V, capital E. So I live, other translations will say, so now I live. In this journey, before Jesus comes back and I'm bodily resurrected and made complete and whole the way God intended me to be, until that day, I live now in the flesh by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. God has set you on a new kind of journey, revealing more and more who you truly are along the way. That's your trajectory. That's who you're going to be when you grow up. But what happens along the way? What happens along the way? What are some things that begin to take shape along the way to where that chipping away begins to happen so you and others around you can see you as the child of God, that your righteousness in Jesus will be seen more fully, kind of like the angel in that block of marble. What's happening along the way? So Paul says the most striking thing and striking change on this new journey and the power of the Spirit of life is the way we begin to think. Let's read Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. It says this, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It, it never did obey God's laws, and it never will. 
That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Now remember, these aren't new commands that Paul is giving to the Romans. He's just talking about this new reality in the life of those who belong to Jesus or those who don't belong to Jesus. And for those who don't belong to Jesus, have not trusted in Christ by faith and who He is and what He's done, still are under the power and control of their sinful nature, and their minds are not set on the things of the Spirit, but very much set on the things of the flesh. But he says, in the life of the new believer, the one who has been declared righteous through Christ something begins to happen because of the power of the Spirit of God in their life. The way that they think and the things that they begin to think about and the things they put their minds on begins to change. Begins to change. We begin to see a new way of understanding the world around us, the kingdom of God, the ways of God, the joy of God. We begin to agree with God, with what He has to say about life and living that's what Paul is saying, is that on this yet coming more and more like Jesus, or revealing more and more of who we really are in Christ, what we think about and what we think on, because of the work of the Spirit, begins to change. You know, remember when Jesus talked about what God is really after? If you go back to the Sermon on the Mount, remember He, he pressed those laws a little deeper. He went from the surface, exterior, into the heart. He says, listen... It's really not enough that you just don't kill people. I I want you to think about that person differently. I want you to feel about that person differently. Or when he said, you know, it's not enough that you don't commit adultery, the act of adultery. I want you to think and feel about that woman or that man differently. I want the very core of who you are to change. Well, that's what's happening by the power of the Spirit of God in the life of the new believer, in the life of the believer, period. The Spirit of God begins to chip away those sinful edges and all the way to the core of who we are. So in very real terms, God is changing this heart of stone into a heart of flesh. We are being changed by the way that we think to our very core. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, from out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so it makes sense that that would be the kind of work that the Spirit of God begins to do. To change the way we think. So that we might agree with God and walk with Him. Paul develops his thought further in these famous verses. He says... Dear brothers and sisters, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies, your whole self to God because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but listen to this, but let God, through the power of the Spirit of God, transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's the work of the Spirit. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, as Americans, we tend to see that word will and think about future decisions. If I can think the way God thinks, then I'll know where I need to go to college and who I need to marry. And that's not necessarily untrue. But when, when Paul's talking about the will of God, he's talking about the everyday stuff of life. That when God changes the way you begin to think, you begin to understand the, the everyday ways of life how you ought to live and love every single day. 
Or to say it another way, the Holy Spirit begins to manifest the glory of the Son. Now remember we said one of the traits of the Holy Spirit, perhaps one of the greatest traits of the Holy Spirit, is that the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. He always exalts Jesus. He manifests the glory of the Son to you and to me. That's the way the Spirit of God works, and that's also the way the Spirit of God works in the way that He changes the way that we think. So hold on to that. The Holy Spirit manifests the glory of the Son to us through His Word, through honest, goodness, Christian community, ironing, sharpening iron, iron, people speaking life into us. Um, and that begins to change the way that we think for the now, the way we live and think about life now. That's what Paul means. The more we see the glory and beauty of the Son through His Word, through Christian community, then the way that we think begins to change. That's part of the journey, is changing the way that we think. And the Holy Spirit does that work. The Holy Spirit puts our minds on the things that please the Lord. Well, when that happens, something else begins to happen. When the Spirit begins to reveal truth in Jesus, when the Spirit of God begins to manifest the glory of the Son to us and we see Him as true and beautiful, Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth. The Spirit of God reveals that truth to us when we begin to see that and savor that and enjoy it and be in awe of that, enamored by those truths. Something begins to happen uh, in our life. That glory of the Son that we see it's like this intense gravity, and it pulls our minds to those truths. But those truths come at complete and total odds against what? Our broken flesh and bodies. So you see what's happening? The Spirit of God begins to real, reveal to us who Jesus is in all of his glory, in all of his ways, and our minds begin to set themselves on those things by the power of the Spirit of God. But that comes at odds almost immediately against our still broken and fallen selves that will ultimately be restored at our resurrection. But until then, we have the Spirit of God at work in us, and we're still carrying around these broken, fallen bodies that Paul says, I know is dying. But until that day comes... Those, that new way of thinking is at odds, in fact, I would say is at war against that lingering, dying flesh. That's how Paul describes it. The old, dying, sinful nature, the way I like to talk about it, it's, it's that spiritual grind when the truths of God come up against our flesh. And it's there in those moments where we have a new reason to fight the fight of faith. This is what Paul would call the fight of faith. The fight of faith. And it's, uh, it's hard in this journey to do that. It's, Paul describes it as, you know, I, this side of eternity, I beat my body to make it my slave. It's, it's the fight of believing the lies of the old you or the truths of the new you under the power of the spirit of life. 
That's the fight of faith. Will I believe these new truths? And the flesh says, no, believe in the old lies. Believe in the old lies. And that's where the fight of faith happens in those moments. Philippians 2, 12-13 says it this way, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard. There's the fight. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, the reality of the Spirit of God at work in you. Work hard to show that. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear, knowing that He's the God over all things and holds us accountable for what we do in this life. Then verse 13, For it is God working in you. It's the Holy Spirit working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Do you see the fight there? Now, I want you to work hard to show the results of your salvation, being baptized in the Spirit of God, being declared righteous as a son and daughter of God. Work hard, but I also want you to know uh, the Holy Spirit, it is God who is in you that is giving you the desires and power to do just that. It's the grind, that spiritual grind. Philippians 3.14 Um, In verse 13, he actually says, Forgetting what lies beyond, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. He's talking about that journey and he's talking about uh, the the oldness of his flesh. I, I I continue to press on even though there's some ugliness in my life. And the, the, the lies of my sinful flesh still whispering in my ear are still present. I forget what lies beyond, behind and I press on towards the upper call in Christ Jesus. Or I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. So until the day of Christ's return... Until the day of our personal and physical and whole self-resurrection, we are very much in a trajectory of God chiseling away that old flesh in us to reveal our truest identity as sons and daughters of God. And that's the fight of faith. That's the fight of faith that we experience. It's our minds beginning to change the way we think about the world. It's us beginning to agree with God with the condition of the world. It's us being, beginning to agree with God in the ways we ought to live and love others around us. And it's those thoughts coming in direct opposition to the way that our flesh still thinks or the way the enemy wants us to still think. But we press on. We press on. It's the sculptor's chisel. That's what the Holy Spirit is. The sculptor's chisel put to this cumbersome stone. It's the deft hands of the runner who removes all that entangles to run the swiftest race possible. Isn't that what he says in Hebrews? Just remove everything that entangles and run the race that God has for us. You know, there's a reason why that we love that epic story. That Luke Skywalker story of of coming into his destiny, right? Learning about who he really is and receiving important information and knowledge and being transformed along the way. It's it's why we love the story of Frodo Baggins. And, um, well, at least I do. 
Um, it's why we love those stories of people being transformed and who they were called to be to fulfill a particular purpose, because I believe it echoes the vision of God for your life and for my life, to take us where we are, and by faith, entering in this relationship with Jesus, trusting in who He is and what He's done for us, and being declared righteous, and being declared children of God, and along the way, until Jesus comes back, more and more becoming exactly who God has declared us to be. That's why we love that. Jesus said, I am the way the truth, and the life. Jesus gives us a brand new way. He reveals to us new truths, new ways of thinking, and he says, I call you to live and fight that fight now to the moment that I return. That's the trajectory for us as believers. As believers. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much uh, that we're declared righteous if we belong to your Son, if we put our faith in your Son, not in our own ability to achieve anything, but in our faith in what Christ has already achieved for us. Um, Lord, so we pray that we um, yield ourselves to the Spirit of God more and more in the ways that we ought to think. And Lord, I pray that we fight the fight of faith well by putting into practice those things that the Spirit of God has revealed to us. Lord, help us to go to war by the power of your Spirit to reveal more and more who we are as children of God. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.